Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I am your host, Eric Acker, with Karen. Hey, guys. And our special other special guest today <laughs> is Evelyn, a little baby who you might hear from time to time as she makes her presence known. <laughs> Hopefully we'll uh, get her to sleep. <laughs> Brand new babies. They, they they work on their own time, I suppose. Yeah. So this week, um, I'm not really sure what we're exactly covering. We didn't really go through any show notes or anything like that. Is there anything that you... No, this week we have two interviews. We've completed one. We've got one more tomorrow. By we, I mean Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, it was still kind of cruising through the interviews. Um, like I think I said previous episodes, I, I kind of made my goal of getting 10. Uh, that was great. I felt really good about that. I have lots of kind of cool interviews to go to and uh, try to research and get excited about. But um, we have one more t- from for this week tomorrow. So I'm already at, I think I've, I've completed five yeah, and we have five halfway. more left. So... We're, we're on the home stretch. Um, yeah. And then I think on Monday we had um, a bunch, well, we had a few more rejections come out. This is basically a slow trickle of rejections and um, us debating whether or not we want to do letters of, uh, letters of interest at all with any of our programs that we signal. Not that we're not interested in the ones that we currently have invites to, but sometimes it's nice to have the wealth, <laughs> wealth of uh, options or like, you know, just the, the off chance on bombing these interviews that maybe <laughs> maybe somebody will overlook some of my flaws and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and I know Eric has been following. What thread have you been following online? I've been going on. The, so there's a Reddit thread. I don't remember what, what it's called, but they have a Discord server, which I'm not particularly familiar with discord servers all that much i know our school currently has one but they have this discord server in addition to a spreadsheet i i kind of hate the google doc spreadsheet that's on on uh, reddit because it's so clunky and slow because there's like a thousand users using it at the same time and it's like really hard to understand what's going on unless you spend a lot of time and i don't really want to devote a lot of time to it Whereas the Discord server just kind of seems like a forum with different topics you can click on and read read what people are talking about. And so you can kind of get an idea of the trends and you can, you get a small picture of the trends because it's not, not everyone, of course, that's in the match is on these servers. But you do get a sense like, oh, uh, University of Massachusetts is sending out a bunch of rejection letters today. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like... Um, so you kind of get an idea of whether a program you've uh, sent an invite to has been inviting people. So like, okay, are you on kind of a wait list, like an internal wait list? Have they just ghosted you? You, you kind of start playing some mind games as well. So that's always fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that is exactly what, what we're doing. But we have a theory that maybe some of the programs we might get in for the second round of interviews but again on 
on your last, not your last interview, the interview before, one of the residents was talking about how when you rate your programs, just be aware of when your invites was sent out and whether or not you're secondary for the program or if you're a primary applicant because that might indicate how they might rank you. Um, yeah, he was he was given that indication that like a program will get a, all the batches, all the uh, applications, and they'll kind of go through a bunch of them and pick the top ones. And that's the first wave of in, invites that people get. Like, so if you're in that first wave, you mean you're probably in the the top batch of people that the program would like to see in their program. And then as the interview season goes on, they have more interview slots. They do a little bit more discernment, and they find some more applicants who they think, oh, we could probably be okay with these people. Or we need to fill up some interview times. We need to do, you know, meet some quotas here and there. And that's when you get those second wave of invites and third waves. And uh, I think it's probably smart as any applicant should think of it as any interview as an opportunity to impress and get you find your way into the right program. So I, whatever I'm about ready to say, I don't mean it to sound like you should just ignore secondary uh, any applicant currently or in the future. Should They should definitely not ignore any invite that they get, especially if you just need a few or you want you you're looking for 10 or 20 or whatever it is but don't don't <laughs> don't take that second wave and go well these people are trash it's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind that unless this program like really impresses upon you that they really like you and you felt like you knocked it out of the park just something to keep in the back of your mind that Ranking wise, you might want to consider maybe possibly ranking lower just in the off chance that they are ranking you low because you're not in the top wave. I don't know. This might be this is just kind of gamemanship. And, I, you know, obviously I'm uh, going through this process myself. So what do I know? I don't know how programs work. But that was kind of the advice we were being given by that resident, that particular resident, which was, you know, the first wave or the first wave of invite you get are from programs that really want you, that really like you. And as long as you do okay in the interview, they're going to rank you. Uh, a good chance they're going to rank you anyway. That was his kind of advice. And then the second wave, uh, you're not their top choice, but, you know, it could be good, but just keep, it that, keep that in mind. And then I don't know about third wave. If there even is going to be a third wave. This whole interview cycle was uh, a little bit like last year's from what I can tell. I obviously was, wasn't involved in last year's, but a lot of uh, virtual interviews. So no... <laughs> No site visits, no. So it's all using different platforms. Um, primarily been using Zoom, but I've also been using Microsoft Teams. I've used Google Meets, or yeah, I think it's Google Meetups or something like that. Uh, so we've been using all sorts of different tools to communicate, and the formats have been relatively the same. Um, yeah. Uh, and you're not supposed to, as an as an applicant, you're not supposed to talk about the questions you asked and which program has which. So I can't really go too far into that because I, obviously, like I'm trying to apply and I I want people to do well. I don't want to necessarily get in because everyone else did badly. I want to get in because I, they liked me. Uh, I was their first choice or maybe eighth choice or whatever it is. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, let's be honest. Like I I, I come from an IMG school. I work hard, but 
Uh, I'm sure my stats are not the best that they've seen. And, um, you know, I think a lot of things that are good about me are not really on paper, or at least not, um, not stand, you know, you can't put a number to it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so that's, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've definitely been asked about this podcast uh, uh, often, like almost every every interview I've been asked about this particular podcast. <laughs> and so it's uh, it's very interesting that, that that really does stand out to them as something that they're, I mean, it's unique. You know, how many people do they know have podcasts? I mean, it's, a, it's an online joke online that everybody has a podcast, but um I think it's unique and they like to talk about it. Occasionally I try to talking about auto mechanic and helping out people fixing vehicles. I also enjoy doing that, but I don't get the impression that that is as interesting to <laughs> program directors as the podcast is per se. So, um, yeah, so we've been, the interview, I think this last interview, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil anything per se, because it, it was very unique because they had us do a morning report, uh, go to go to a morning report before the interview. So a lot of times you'll do the interview and they'll, go, they'll run through a slideshow of like why our program is so cool and so great. And that's all well and good. But like I mentioned before, I'm usually nervous and antsy and wanting to just kind of get into the questions get into the interview bit because i'm maintaining uh, my composure and trying to trying to uh, make sure how i look and how i appear is is totally in check um can sometimes be distracting from <laughs> paying attention to the topics at hand but uh, this last interview had um, us all attend what's basically a morning report it was just a pre-recorded uh, lecture by one of the faculty members on the topic and uh, that was that was interesting uh, we were supposed to also do afternoon lecture but there was a technical difficulty with this, the program and I think the internet went out so they had to cancel that but thankfully we all got hopefully we all got through our interviews uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know how there wasn't in some interviews, they have like Zoom rooms where you kind of get moved in and out of rooms and so you can see all the applicants. And this was a little bit different. This Microsoft Teams, they wanted us to basically leave the thing all together and only come back during our time. So I, I hope everybody got the, the interview and get, you know, get the chance to talk to the program director, but I don't really know. It was kind of a, a funny kind of circumstance because we didn't really know the internet went out at the program because obviously we're here in I'm here in Macon, Georgia, one of Robins, Georgia, and they're uh, somewhere else, <laughs> so like far away, and so like I have no idea that their internet went out, and so I'm waiting to be let into the conference, and I'm like oh this is so nerve wracking. It's been like 20 minutes, and I haven't heard anything. I haven't been let in. What's going on? And then I decided to just email another applicant I, you know on the email sometimes they send a group email to everyone who's applying or who's going in that day to do the interview and one of the guys uh, I had did a sub I with I, he, he's um, like a VCOM student but he was at the Northeast Georgia sub I I did and so I was just like well I know him I a little bit I mean, we're not like best friends or anything but he's a he's he was a good solid student and so I just sent him a quick email like what are you what's going on are you in the conference and he shot me an email back and he was like oh they just called me the internet's down we're out we're done for the, the day I'm like okay great so that was like it was nice to have that kind of contact or that uh, that kind of connection to 
solve that problem, I guess. Well, and they called you too. You were just they farther didn't call. down the list. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard. So that is one drawback of my setup for interviews is I use, um, so back, take one step back. So yeah. a lot of times they want to, interviews they like to have, you're told you want good quality webcam, good audio. So it's not, you know, nothing's distracting for to the, the interviewer and you and so what I do is I use obviously my microphones here that I use for the podcast and I try to keep them out of the, out of the view of the the picture because I think that's a, that could be distracting in and of itself but yeah cuz they're quite large the 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 large larger microphones and I just don't want to be like oh man look at this guy who's got a studio set up for this <laughs> you know like <laughs> no I just have a I put them on the table and I leave them off to the side turn the gain up a little bit so that I can talk and they can hear me and not pick up too much sound but for the camera you can so some people will go out and buy you know the 4k or the the nice uh cameras that can do uh, high definition pictures which they're not that, that expensive. I think you can pay like 40 bucks for. But I found um, out that Apple recently updated their OS and <laughs> allowed what they call continuity camera, where you can use your phone and ha- use its camera as a webcam on basically any platform. So I've been used, I've used it on obviously every platform I mentioned before. And so that's been really nice. And I mean, the iPhone camera is awesome like <laughs> the image quality is it's like night and day compared to the webcam that's built into my laptop so i've been using my phone as my webcam but part of the problem with that is is that i'm using the the back facing camera the really good camera and it does a really good job but like if someone calls i don't see my phone go off because i'm not it's not facing me and i you know and obviously you silence it during the <laughs> and obviously during the interview I, tur- I turn everything to do not disturb because like the last thing you need is a whole bunch of sounds blaring when you're trying to talk to a program director and um you just don't want to look distracted <laughs> so uh, i it, so that's the only real drawback to this whole setup is that if i ever get a phone call i, I don't ever see it and I need to probably find a workaround. I think there is a workaround. I just need to employ it. But um, yeah, so that was this this week's interview. Of course, we're doing the radiology um, conferences. Um, it's a little bit smaller group, which is me and another uh, gal, uh, another student with the radiologist, um, doing you know an hour or two hours a day. Uh, which has been nice as far as schedule goes. I mean, I still have a little bit of time to study and uh, I can, you know, spend like maybe basically three, four hours a day working on the rotation and then I am home. So if Karen needs a little help, (laughs) I don't know how helpful I am, but. (laughs) Hey, he cleaned the whole, I, 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 (laughs) you're a little bit, it's kind of funny because after every kid, you have to have some sort of project that you do. And this this project was our our bedroom. Like he fixed our shower and he, he cleaned the bathroom and he went, I don't know, he cleaned the bedroom and did laundry when we got home from the hospital. He just has to do, well, I feel like you have to do something. You do it after every single kid <laughs> that we bring home where well, you pick up a house project and you, you work on it. That's just not a lot. I mean, obviously, we can, you know, I can play with the other kids and keep them out of your hair. Um, but she's so little, and 
for her, like all she needs is to basically be held by mom and feed and poop and sleep <laughs> that really like my utility is very minimal and if I'm going to be hanging out and doing just hanging out, like I got to be doing something. And so it's nice to have little projects done. Uh, additionally, like this is like a pretty light rotation and we probably won't have another light rotation until um, we're done. Basically, we'll be done in March sometime. So I don't really know like how many chances I'm going to get to get a lot of things done that might be a little bit more time consuming. So I've been been trying to get ahead of it because we, we do obviously have to move out of this house uh, unless we of course we get a residency local but uh that's you know a one in ten shot i think at this point <laughs> um but even if we did get a residency i think we would still move out of this house into a different house uh we'll, we'll see we haven't really talked too extensively about that that's a whole different animal i think yeah <laughs> i mean that's a financial dive into our finances again what can we afford uh what's the market like for houses or can we even afford the interest rates on mortgage yay inflation um, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, we, that's something that we have to think about but we haven't put a lot of time or thought into because not yet we'll, we'll we'll do so after match because Eric will finish his rotations a little bit after match, and then we have a couple months into this left until you do your orientation and start your residency. Yeah, so. and so we'll think about it. We'll think about it when the time comes. Um, but and we might think about it a little bit over Christmas break because you it does sound like you'll get a Christmas break. So. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the nice things. I mean, I. I think initially I thought my radiology program uh, rotation would be three weeks because you can do three, you can do four. It's kind of um, fungible, I guess, because uh, our, our school for your fourth year electives, you can do 27 weeks or they will pay up to 28 weeks. So that basically leaves a lot of four week rotations and one three week. And so some people just do three weeks radiology uh but for I think probably for scheduling purposes, they just put me down for four. Uh, and that's been actually kind of a blessing again for me being around the house and being able to help out. And sorry. Uh, also for uh, just kind of getting a better grasp of this radiology thing and kind of get a little bit more knowledge and learn as much as I can. It's been that's been nice in that aspect as well. So that's. But we did get our assignment for next week. We're going to be a cardiology. So that'll be fun. I don't actually know if I'm with anybody. But and I know till to, so tomorrow, it's Thursday, like we said, we have an interview. Uh, of course, I still have my radiology class. But my the preceptor wants to do my final tomorrow and let me have Friday off, which is super nice. Uh, so I'll have a three-day weekend going into my next rotation so i will probably i don't know we, we spent a lot of time today studying because we're doing the final and now karen can see my <laughs> my cheat sheet it's not it, the final is is kind of a weird misnomer he asks us a bunch of questions we text him or answer uh vocally the answer and i think he's taking a tally and we just have to do better than 50 percent. it's really not a, a, a lot a tall bar to clear like it's a pretty low bar 
and uh, he, he's usually pretty nice about things. So, and then he also says it's not really a, it's not a closed book exam. It's a, it's an open book exam. Obviously, you don't want to spend your entire time digging through a textbook to answer every question. But I have a, a relative cheat sheet of some some things that just don't come readily to my mind, and I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they would. If I were, were seeing more images more frequently, I would be more familiar. But um, certain things that I've noticed that he has asked a couple every every Friday. Every there's a student who's taking a final, so he's asked some questions numerous times, and it's like, oh, I should probably know that answer because he's going to probably ask me, like, you know, what's if you know somebody has a contrast allergy, how do you pre-medicate them? And then if someone has an anaphylactic reaction, what medication, what dosage would you give? Um, so he's going to, I feel like he's going to get asked me that. He may not, but <laughs> he'll probably ask, what's the um, the contrast made of in the CT versus uh, an MRI? He might ask, like, what's the uh, radio tracer? Or what's the, like, what's the active thing that they're looking at on a PET CT scan versus a DAT scan, all that fun stuff. So I'm sure we're going to have a, an interesting time, but it's just, it's just me doing the, the final tomorrow. So that should be exciting. Yeah. Well, and it probably won't be all that long then. No, no, I know I, last week I talked a little bit about the birth and I, I think it, now Karen's actually here, <laughs> someone who actually experienced the birth <laughs> personally. I think it's probably only fair that you get to, I guess, weigh in on any kind of thoughts that you had about that whole process. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because um, before before we got pregnant, I had read this article on like best states to have a baby and worst states to have a baby, and Georgia was on the lower end of the list. And realistically speaking, I, the overall experience wasn't that significantly different than what it was in Washington. And Washington was significantly higher on the list. So I sometimes I kind of wonder where they get those rankings from. And it had kind of made me a little bit nervous going into it because, um, like, when we first got here, we had heard a couple, a couple different stories of people who had had unfortunate instances. Unsupervised births, essentially. Unsupervised births or, um, like, uh, they lost their baby, which had nothing to do with the health care that they had gotten. It just was an unfortunate instance. But it had made me a little bit nervous. But everything worked out great, and overall it was a good experience. Probably what the second most calm birth that we've had yeah yeah very very much very least dramatic anyway yes yeah so she came out screaming which was nice yes <laughs> we didn't have to <laughs> make sure that she was still living right <laughs> um but yeah and i think the postpartum care was one of the better ones that we that I received. Um, not too intrusive. Not yeah, not too terribly intrusive, um, and not. Um, well, they're they're all just different. Like some sometimes the nurse for the baby is very much 
let's get you skin to skin, let's do all of this stuff, let's get you starting breastfeeding, all these things while you're still trying to get patched up, and that can be very um, overwhelming. Yeah. I, I tend to get the shakes post-birth, um, and I get cold, and so having, and then having somebody trying to sew you up and then trying to breastfeed or do whatever, it can get to be too much. And I feel like this was a good, like, I still got to do skin to skin, but I wasn't, like, they weren't trying to get me to breastfeed. They weren't trying to get me to do all these other things. They gave me some skin to skin time, and then they took um, Evie over to get her weight and her measurements and all that stuff while I was being taken care of, and then we got her back. And so I felt like that in and of itself was a little bit nice. They had a good transition from birth to to post postpartum. Post yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have a way to compare this, but being a wife of a med student, do you feel like that makes it easier, better, or worse compared to, I guess, your friends, you know, any friends that don't have med students in their lives? <laughs> um, I don't think it really had that much of a difference. Um, the only thing... I mean, I'm glad that she came on a weekend when med students aren't following. <laughs> because I, as much as I know that going through, ha having seen a birth and going through that experience and whatnot is good for you guys to see. At the same time, I don't want somebody that I am going to have to look at <laughs> or, or know in the room while I'm giving birth and then have to talk to them like a normal person in like a month or so. Like, so I didn't want a fellow med student in the, in the birth. And so I had actually requested that because there are med students that round on our, at that clinic that I went to. Right. But you mean, I mean like as far as, the birth process not necessarily whether a med student was there like you're married to me yeah like. i know but <laughs> like that was what i was most concerned about I, I figure you kind of know a little bit better what is going on um but i don't feel like it really changed anything with the birth itself that's um, true does it make it more annoying when the conversation shifts a little bit around because usually you get like while you're you're waiting for things to pick up, you get conversations about like what do you do for work? Or... No, it's not annoying. It's kind of nice to have that distraction, um, and I feel like it's a little bit more interesting for you. And a lot of times, I feel like the doctors or midwives or whoever, if they know that you're going into medical school, they will tend to point out different things. Not with this birth, but with Maybe more our, vocal. About. Yeah, with our previous birth, they were like, this is the placenta. And they were showing, like, odd things about the placenta on that one. I don't know what... I don't but, think there was anything odd about your previous placentas. But I don't know. Anyways, um, I feel like they're more willing to just explain or point out things um, that we might not get if they didn't know you were a med student. True. But she offered to let me catch. Did, were you gonna? Was that something <laughs> you would have wanted me to do? 
I didn't care. Uh, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> but I did find that interesting because that's the first time they've offered that. Yeah. So. I, I've never, I haven't ever caught a baby before as far as like, and I don't know, we've done four where I've had a pretty, pretty well-defined role as a, either hold leg or hold arm or hands and help wife get through pushing. But uh, I think that, that was a good good role for me. Uh, maybe there, there'll be a future time where I had to deliver, but I I kind of felt like, you know, to shift it up at the last second to, you know, she was all gowned up, ready to, to catch a baby. And she's like, oh, I should have asked you to see if you wanted to catch the baby. Do you want to catch the baby? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> no we're, not, we're not changing course at this last, at the last minute here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like that things seem to be going well. I don't, we don't need to make it, we don't need to add in, inexperience to the mix. But, yeah, I mean, it was nice of her to offer. Yeah. Um, and you've gotten to cut the cord with all of them, so that's been, yeah. been nice. Yeah, I honestly thought, like, uh, and this might sound strange but i i honestly thought it would be a little bit nicer this time around because i you know i have the houston hospital badge that can get me in and out certain doors and that you know i i would i would be able to go get things not like you know supplies or anything like that but like i, I could be of more use coming coming and going or um and whatnot just as far as like our stay at the hospital and it turned out that my badge didn't work on anything. So that was, <laughs> I thought for at least the least amount I could, you know, I could have uh, some advantages that I could get through certain doors. And that way I wasn't going to be a nuisance or a bother to the flow of things. But my badge just did not work for anything. <laughs> so I was very much a, a normal civilian, <laughs> you know, a normal patient's uh, husband that, you know, couldn't access the floor without calling the nurse's desk. And I mean, not that that's anything's wrong with that. I was just kind of hoping to let, you know, if I, you know, if I went home to, t you know, drop off dinner for my mom while she was watching the kid, the rest of the kids, like, I'd come back, obviously, to stay with Karen at the hospital, like, Instead of calling the nurses and bothering them, I can just badge in and walk through. But apparently, no go. No go, yeah. But um, we, I mean, we, we certainly de definitely tried chatting with the pediatrician to see if he would let us go early. And that was also a no go. That was also a no go. He he it followed protocol. He followed. <laughs> he was he did the right thing. And um, I I think at the time we thought that we had had enough um, penicillin for the. For you to be able to go home safely, but I, I guess that wasn't accurate. Yeah, I thought when we were delivering, they had said that they had uh, put uh, twice or double the the first bag was twice as much as what they would add for the second dose. Um, but apparently, I still needed to get two doses in before, so I went too fast. And we slowed it down too because it was burning. Yeah. They don't, yeah, it always burns. Anyway, so I think all in all, it sounds like it was a, I mean, I thought it was a good experience. And yeah, it was. obviously up to Karen to decide whether she got good care. <laughs> no, it was a good experience, and this recovery has been pretty good compared to 
the others. So that's nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, what? I guess I just really wanted to touch on that. I know you, this week we've, you've been, you've been with the baby, you're doing the postpartum care and whatnot. You, you breastfeeding and I think you're pumping as well. So eventually I, I will be able to tap in. <laughs> oh, I, that's the thing we haven't really talked about and we'll see if we have time for it. But you finally, I think the, the stars aligned and I finally got my sleep test yes i don't have the results for it but yes it was it i don't know it's quite funny because i mean it's probably not the best time to have a sweet sleep test with a brand new woke up every few hours by a baby (laughs) (laughs) but the last couple nights eric's had had it and then he turned it in today so really uncomfortable to be honest like <laughs> it looks it looked uncomfortable but like this strap that goes across like around your chest and it's supposed to kind of monitor your breathing and then they have a wire that goes you know from the chest strap a wire that comes off and goes to your finger so they can monitor your heart rate oh is that a pulse ox it's a pulse ox okay it's a yeah, it, but i think that's a heart rate as well oh, okay heart rate pulse ox yeah and then they also then have a nasal cannula that goes from the again from the chest and all these rubber tubing that goes behind your ears and into your nose, and I don't know it was like a centimeter and a half long nasal cannula that sticks into your nose and it's really just there to track airflow whether you're you're actually breathing but man it's so uncomfortable and then you're supposed to sleep and then. You turn it on before you go to bed, and then you turn it off when you wake up. And well, I don't know. I don't know if it. I feel like it's still better than like what your dad did, where he had to actually go into a facility. Oh, and like sleep a sleep a lab. Yeah, and sleep in front of a few techs. Like they have a camera watching you as all these wires attach. And okay, now go to sleep. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like... a little bit more uncomfortable that i think that's the, uh, the official way like if you like, you can get diagnosed this way but like if you want to really confirm a diagnosis it's like that's the way to do it but i'm glad i don't have to <laughs> yeah so we'll see we'll probably wait a couple weeks and then yeah we, 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 we turned call. it turned it back in today we were supposed to just do two nights and Turned it back in. I hope the last like last night went well because I think I I I woke up. I remember waking up sometime around three four o'clock, uh, using the bathroom, or I don't know, just waking up, itching my nose, and I woke up again, and the nasal cannula wasn't in my nose anymore, so oh. I had to put it back in real quick. But I was like, oh no, did I mess up the sleep study by like? knocking off nasal cannula now i haven't been breathing quote and unquote for like an hour uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll, we'll find out if i have sleep apnea along with everything else which is super exciting and like karen said it was a kind of an inopportune week to do it because again we went to bed a little bit late the baby is constantly waking up at night and so also, our kids are waking up in the middle of the night and waking up early in the morning. So it's uh, short hours of sleep <laughs> interrupted. And we'll get there. <laughs> we'll see if the sleep study is actually able to be useful for anything. 
Yeah, but I wanted Eric to get it before he started residency, just on the off chance if he does have it, then the rest he does get will be um, better rest, and he'll be able to concentrate a little bit better and not... Yeah. So I guess just kind of wrapping this up, what do we have? Do we have anything going on this next week? Next week's Thanksgiving, isn't it? Next week is Thanksgiving. We are going to have my sister here for, and her family here for a few days, which will be nice. We haven't seen them since the island. We've just talked with them. So that will be... Yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be nice. Um, and then... Um, hopefully you have that day off. We don't know yet. Because <laughs> yeah, because I'll be studying the cardiology rotation next week, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I'll hopefully be around a little bit to help you out. But it sounds like your sister's family is like seven people. Six. Six people total. Yeah. So, and a lot of, a lot of your sister's kids are older and um, more self-sufficient. <laughs> than our kids, so I think that you'll probably have plenty of helpers to help you out. Yeah. So, so we're, it'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them being here for three days. They're not actually staying at our place, which is probably for the best. Again, six, seven people mm-hmm. in our house, uh, in addition to us, can make this house very small and very crowded very quickly. So they they have a different place that they're staying, and that'll be nice. Uh, that at least give them places uh, places to sleep, and not feel like they're cramped as well. So, um, so we'll try to do a podcast next week and <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, and then I'm not sure I have to go back and look at my interview schedule. I don't think I have an interview schedule for Thanksgiving. I don't week, think so. But we are hoping to get a podcast uh, up and going next week and hopefully we'll be back on more of a routine on publishing on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays. Uh, Karen has been so very good about updating Instagram anytime we're running a little bit behind schedule. So, yes, and I apologize. It's just been a little bit crazy as you all know. Yeah. <laughs> but we will see you guys next week. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's MedFamilyMD. Um, ask us any questions on there. That's kind of the best way to contact us. Uh, Karen gets all those messages. Anything kind of comes to me. And then uh, if you want to follow us on any of the major podcast streaming or uh, podcast sites, it's uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, uh, and um, basically anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find our podcast, uh, Med Family. We will look forward to talking to you guys next week. Bye.